Welcome back to Bible study, to Paul's letter to the Philippian church. Welcome back to John Campbell and to Derek Walker. It's a a pleasure to be with you. I think it's my turn to read. Um, And we're going to start from verse 13 of chapter 4, and we'll read through to the end to verse 23. And we'll see how far we go with the the congestion of verses. (laughs) Excuse me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your accounts. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially those who are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your precious holy word. We want to know what you're saying to us. Lord, we want to please you. We want to glorify you in our lives. So please, Holy Spirit, shine the light of, uh, shine your light upon your word. Cause us to have understanding in the fear of the Lord. Lord, we thank you for being with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you very much. Yes, so we didn't quite finish off I can do all things Mm. um, through through Christ who strengthens me. Um, So that's where we're going to start. You have a quote from Cromwell, I think. Well, yes, yes, among other things. Yes, uh, there's a great story from Cromwell because Oliver Cromwell, uh, he lost his son and he was very grief stricken and he really was felt like he was sinking. And uh, so he asked the Lord for for a word to sustain him in that. And the Lord gave him this verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm. And you know, he, he understood, of course, that the Lord was saying he can, as it were, live, carry on. He can do without his son, as it were, yeah. of course, knowing that the son is with the Lord, mm-hmm. but he could do without his son. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, gave, that brought him through that situation. 
that the Lord's grace was there to sustain him, even though he had suffered this terrible loss. Mm. And it's interesting that that is using the verse in the sense of the actual context. Now, we, lo we do use this verse r quite rightly for situations in life where the God's telling us to do something, mm. it, we feel like we're out of our depth, you know, uh, and so we, we claim that verse, you know, yeah. I can do all things yeah. through Christ who strengthens us. Because yeah. if God's caused us to do something, He equips us, He anoints us, He mm. graces us to do it. Mm. And so that's a great promise to claim. Mm. But in the context, it's actually uh, talking about a situation like Oliver Cromwell, where uh, he's talking about being able to be content. That's right. And, and so he Without. says in two situations, there are two challenges. First of all, when you can be in abundance or when you're in lack. And he says, I've learnt in both these situations, mm. in all types of situations, to be content. Yeah. Or if, if we put it the other way around, contentment's the opposite of covetousness. So the real victory in our life, and, and covetousness is idolatry, it's actually the root <clears throat> of sin. Yeah. And so he's really talking in the context about learning how to overcome sin, learning how to overcome co covetousness. Mm. And there's two forms of attack or temptation. One is when we don't have what yeah. we want, yeah. that we want to get out in the flesh and try and grab it mm. for ourselves, mm. rather than trusting God to bring us into it. And the second thing is, when we have an abundance, and we, we make that our idol, we find our satisfaction in that, rather than in the Lord, you know. So Christians, the, the single Christian man, he's been praying for a wife and yeah. whatever, job and all that, and as soon as he gets all the things that he wants, he forgets the Lord, mm -hmm. because now he's got I know. What he wants, yeah. you see. And it's so, so that's the temptation of, of abundance. Yeah. Yeah. God wants to give us abundance, but the danger is we make that, those things, yeah. Our, yeah. our God. And so, and so Cromwell, the quote was, I can do without all things so it's through a, Christ who strengthens it, me. Right. So the, exactly. It's, I can, it's a clever play on words, yeah. but really what Paul is saying is one side of it, I have learnt to do without all things. Yeah, Why? Because I've got the strength of Christ in me. Yeah. Christ is enough that even though I'm suffering this lack, you know, Christ is enough to sustain me in this. I've learnt how to rest in Christ even when there's lack. And then the other side of it is I've learnt to be content also and not be covetous even when I have everything going for me, mm -hmm. I'm enjoying it, yeah. but I am not trying to base my life and my satisfaction on these things. In other words, even if they were taken away from me, I, I would still be enjoying the Lord. You know? yeah. And so this is the greatest victory, is I can do all things. Our greatest victories in life, I believe, are not the outward victories of, oh, I've got a great job and I'm doing well in this and doing well in that. But I've actually learnt how to overcome my covetousness mm. by trusting in, in the infusion mm. of God's Christ's strength in me, filling my soul so that I don't have to grasp after all these things for my satisfaction. Amen. Thank you very much.
Anything to add to that, John? Oh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, it gets you thinking when you think about Cromwell and, and you know, what a prolific general he was to think that he yes. had a deep, profound appreciation of God's word. Yes, mm. he did. Um, but I, it's the, it's the you know, as Derek was talking there, I, I realized how, how easy it is to forget. Um, we think, we tend to think of the external Christ. The Christ out there is going to help me. But it isn't. It's, it's the Christ in you. Mm. I can do all things, what, what's it say? I can do yeah. all things Christ. through Christ who strengthens me. This is the internal Christ. Mm. And, and I, I think, I've got a little note here in my Bible, mm. cross-reference to, I think I mentioned this last week yeah. or the week before, to Ephesians 3.20. Yes. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, and that might indeed be comfort, as it was in this in Oliver Cromwell's sense. He's able to comfort. How does he do it? According to the power that works in us. And what is that power that's in us? Yes. It's Christ, the hope of glory. It's the, the you know, it's the Holy Spirit who dwell in us. Yes. It, we we just forget that, don't we? We we know it, but we forget it and we treat it. You know, we invite the Holy Spirit to come. Well, what scriptural nonsense that is, you know. That's right. We, we don't have to invite him to our... He that hath not he's the there. Spirit of Christ. <laughs> yes, no, he's yeah. there. And, and, and so we get into these um, religious platitudes and they're garbage. If only we would start speaking the truth, we wouldn't have to worry about whether the Holy Spirit's going to come to us today. We could just say, thank you, Lord, for being yeah. in us and with us at this time. Absolute certainty. And, and, and the hope of glory. The hope of glory. Is, is, there's, right. there's something very powerful there. Very, very, very I, I do. I agree with you. I think we, we can get a little bit too uh, preoccupied with quite minor um, manifestations of power. Yeah. When, you know, earlier in the Ephesians it says... May, may your eyes be open, may you see the incomparable power yes. towards those who believe, so yes. faith is in, and then it says this power was worked through God raising Christ from the dead. Yeah. Mm. And I, I, maybe it's just my, the way I think things through, but I like to go to the, the nth, the, the yeah. extreme, you know, most powerful example, and that is resurrection from the dead. Yeah. So when you say the hope of glory, yeah. you know what, if, if, you, if you're assured, absolutely um, it, com, have that conviction, you believe in your heart that God raised the Lord Jesus from the dead, okay, and you confess it with your mouth, that is something that's beyond the power of yes. most people's experience. It's something absolutely transcendent and... Um, then you should be quite content. I mean, you, you shouldn't be worried about yeah. a pandemic. You shouldn't be worried about rumours of wars and, you know, whatever, wars and rumours of wars and, and all the other things the Lord said would come on the earth. You look up for your redemption draws night because you, your, it, your life is in the context of eternity. Yes. And in the twinkling of an eye, you know, mm. at the last trumpet, yeah. we shall be uh, changed. There's, for me, that, that hope of glory... Yes. It isn't just, as it were, an empty no, as it, say, platitude it, or phrase or it, slogan. It, 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 is, it's it is something is very, very real that impacts our life today. Yes, and, and Paul, Paul rephrases this, this sort of 
idea many times in, in, in different ways and, and it's really very exciting. And I was going to quote one and it's just completely gone out of oh, my mind. Oh no, because I went on a bit long. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm supposed to ask questions <laughs> and not... <laughs> no, I just, I was completely gone blank, but yeah. it doesn't matter. It'll yeah. come back in a minute. Yeah. That, that it, it, it is God in us. Yes. He is in us. Mm. You know, we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, and that brings, that brings, you know, huge revelation if you think about that. Mm. And I mm. apologize if I'm going off Wonderful. No, on we, a that's, tangent. That's the nature but of But I remember reading, reading something that David Porson wrote recently. And he, he, he was talking about how he, when the, he, he goes into churches and sees the Ten Commandments on the wall, you know, and, and he used to be horrified by that. And he talked <coughs> about one of the first churches he pastored when he took over the church over the Ten Commandments on the wall. And so he painted over them. You can imagine, you can imagine how the congregation reacted to that. Well, the first thing my dad did was rip the clock off the wall. And he found that very intimidating <laughs> when he was preaching sermons. So yeah, uh, carry yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he I painted see, over the Ten Commandments. He painted over the Ten Commandments. Yeah, because the... the it, it's not that the Ten Commandments were wrong, it's just that they don't fit the Gospel. And, and that's the problem, you, you know, you land up with a mixture of faith and works because these things challenge you yeah. to work. Yeah. But it's Christ in you and he's working out, he's working out his will in you, as we, 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 mm. we read earlier on in, in Philippians 2, whatever, 2 or 3, yeah. you know, um, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you for his mm. good pleasure. Um, th this is the way it is. It is God in us. And, and if only we could begin to concentrate and meditate on God in us instead of God out there, then these things would become a reality. They were, re they were real to what he should have done. Now, they, um, if I yeah. dare to question David and, you know, um, which we wouldn't do in person because he'd <laughs> completely, you know, um, take you apart. But I, 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 it would be leave it on the wall and just put the, you know, Romans uh, 3.23 or whatever, you know, all have sinned yeah, and fallen short of the glory of God in context. Because he said the law makes you conscious of sin. So yeah. you absolutely must have the law, but not in the context of you can use the law to gain yeah, righteousness. Yeah, and actually, to be, to be, no, to be <laughs> yeah, fair, he went on to make that point, of course how the law is very useful in evangelizing, yeah. but if once you're converted, once you come to Christ, yes, then it's legalistic. much less useful, because people come to church, they say, oh, this, you must do this, and you mustn't do that. So we don't and want they, the spoiler. I'm actually, no, no, we don't saying, want a spoiler. And the spoiler but, is this, that we are going to be studying Galatians when we eventually finish Philippians. Yeah, so no do. more spoilers. And, and, and thank you, because the spoilers yeah. brought me back onto track from the yes. scripture that I thought I'd forgotten, Good. but I now remembered, which is Galatians 2.20, of course. Yes. You I, know, knew it, I knew it. You, you, I knew that, we were heading which in is, that which direction. Is, that's exactly where I'm yes, heading. You know, what, is, what does this mean? Yeah. No longer I who lives, but Christ in me, who Christ who lives in me. I live my life in the flesh by mm. faith in the Son of God. Yes. Or, again, I hear it's the faith of the Son of God yes. is the correct translation. I mean, it's just extraordinary. I would like to explore that now because you mentioned when we were talking about have faith of God with the, the mountain being yeah. cast into the depths of the sea. Um, I need to get my head around that because I, I um, Jesus is God. Yes. And, you, and God is God. Yes. Uh, does, you know, God, when God um, created the heavens and the earth, when he spoke it into being, was he just practicing being God or was he exercising faith? God, you mean? 
Well, you're saying have faith of God. So I've never thought. I've, I've only well, thought in terms of us believing in God yeah. rather than God believing in himself. Yeah, you know well, I, I, think mean? You, I think we talk, we talk about two, yeah, I mean, two different it things. It is that. Okay. I'm just God's only because we're at because that God's point. Faith is I don't absolute. want to distract God's from God's faith is absolute, whereas ours is variable with so I want to, Even coming. I want to get my head around the concept of God's God faith. faith. Yes. Yeah. It, God, um, th it says these three things are eternal, faith, hope, and love. That's true. Uh, we're in the image of God, and I do believe God, as it were, has faith yeah. in the sense that when he spoke the universe into existence, mm. um, he believed that what he said would come to pass. Yeah. So okay. there was a faith in himself, if, yes. if you like, okay. that... that he, that, that, that his word would come to pass. Yeah. And so there, there is a faith of God. And yeah. the, when you're talking about the gift of faith, um, like all the gifts, the word of wisdom is a portion of God's wisdom. It's not our own yeah. wisdom. Mm. It's a supernatural portion of God's wisdom that we couldn't know otherwise. Mm. Likewise, the word of knowledge. Likewise, the gift of faith. It's actually a portion of God's faith. You couldn't, you know, Daniel in the, in the lion's den, yeah. All right. You, I don't care how much Bible study you've done. All right. We put you in a den of hungry lions. Right. All right. I don't care what your general faith level is. Yeah. <laughs> you are not going to just say, thank you, Lord, I'm going to no, go to sleep yourself. Right I now. mean, John you know? would be absolutely... <laughs> no, I mean, I've heard enough of John to know that no, he'd be completely cool. No, no not at all. <laughs> I'm absolutely with Jericho. He's a military man. He, he, <laughs> it does say that Daniel believed God in that passage. Yes, that's yeah. right. But that was a little drop of God's faith, that yes, God okay. gave him a gift of faith yeah, for okay. that situation. I agree. Okay. Yeah, that enabled him just to relax and trust God I've got that. for that protection. Definitely, I've got that, yeah. It's not, it's not that something you can just replicate like uh, in every situation. That's a good way to and some great, enjoying this. Yeah. Some great Christians, you know, thrown into the, the lion's arena, they weren't necessarily inferior to Daniel in their no. faith, but they weren't given the gift of faith, but they were given yeah. the courage to, to endure. So I'll tell you why I ask, um, because many, many years ago, I bought a book, I mentioned Doug Harris before, but I bought a book when he was at the Christian Resources Exhibition by Hank Hanegraaff, um, which was basically um, very critical of those who sort of appeared to elevate faith above God. Yeah. So he basically was saying that people have created a faith God and God, as it were, tapped into the faith of the faith God, yes. if you know what I mean. But that's, you very clearly... Mm. Um, defined it, and I can understand it yeah. very clearly now. Yes. Um, but I do remember reading that, and you know, all these people that that, that use that term. Yes. Um, are they? Is it disrespectful to God? But it's not. We're made in His image. Um, mm. Very interesting yeah. that these that faith is eternal. You've that got, yeah. is a very interesting Revel point, and I shall study it further. Romans four, seventeen talks about Abraham walking in the presence of in the of the God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that be not that yeah. they were. So yeah. God speaks his word yeah. and he calls things into existence, yeah. if, you, if you like, by faith, and he yeah. gives life to the, to the dead. And Abraham was meant to function, walk with God in that. Yeah. So he started, having received the promise, yeah. 
He, uh, he received the life into his dead body, and then he started declaring, I am Abraham, father of many nations. That's and right. He was walking in fellowship with God. That's right. God was calling those things that be not though they were. Good. And Abraham was doing the same thing. So see? it continued to be faith in God, because one of the things that Hank brought out was people were having faith in faith. Yeah. You see the idolatry. danger that you, yeah, that you can, you, you, and then you've moved away from actually believing in the promise that yeah. God would give life to the dead. Faith is rooted to the Word of God. Yes. It's not it something you can just manufacture exactly. yourself. Exactly. Either the general Word of God, yeah. right, that every promise of God imparts faith, and that, on that basis we can, yeah. but there are situations where our general faith doesn't, yeah. isn't enough. Yeah. And, and we need that special faith, gift, gift of faith, that gift of faith, if yeah. you like. Mm. And, and then when the way the gift of faith operates is that you believe it in your heart and you speak it with your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then it comes to pass. But you can't manufacture the faith. No. It, that's the problem. Faith comes by hearing God speak, either through his word or he speaks a special word to your heart that, that you embrace. When, when Abraham believed, it was a gift of faith, actually, when he yes. believed for Isaac. Yes. Because there was, he didn't have a scripture that said, That's right. you can exactly. believe for, exactly. you know, exactly. even though you're 90, 100. Yeah. You can, no, that was a special gift of faith. Yeah. Um, so that's very helpful, because in that Acts, you've got the, um, the, the, the woman, you know, the girl with divination skills, you know, or yeah. whatever, and, and Paul healed her. Yeah. And then, you know, this chap wanted to sort of pay to buy this commodity of faith, as it were. But that is not what, how you do it. Mm -hmm. Have I got it right, that story? No, you've Act? mixed up two. No, I've mixed up two. <laughs> I thought I had. I thought I, I can see <laughs> when the eyes are glazing over. What Bible are you reading? You know? Oh, um, it's a little green Bible. It's called the New World Translation. Is that OK? <laughs> My favourite gift of faith, for what it's worth, is, is Joshua. Yeah. You know, yes. you don't have the faith generally yeah. to s command the moon to stop no. in the sky. And that's that's it, yeah. God gave him a, you know, yeah. he prayed about it. It does yeah. say he prayed for God, God, I need more time to finish this battle yeah. off. And God gave him that awesome gift of faith. Yeah. Where, but when you have that supernatural faith where you find yourself, you can believe way beyond your normal that's faith. Right. That's right. But then you, you just speak it out, or you mm. thank God for it, mm. or you declare the end result, and you let God do it. Yeah. God, God does it. But isn't the, the real, you know, foundational gospel faith to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead? Isn't yes. that? And then you will be saved, as it were. Yes. And then you will be justified, isn't yes. that? And so that, is there a danger sometimes that we, we get more preoccupied with the here and now type faith than the actual saving faith? Yeah, but the saving faith is good. a gift anyway. It's all good. It? <laughs> it's a gift. Yeah. It's a gift. So you can't believe... But I often that. find people not preaching the, the gospel, yeah, they're just preaching faith. That's right. Uh, uh, that happens a lot. Yeah. But, but the very fact that one believes that, uh, that God raised Christ from the yeah. dead is a gift of faith. But yes. It tells, it's clear yes, in Ephesians, we can't, we can't do that, of we're incapable yes, of believing yes, yes. it, unless it's given to us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that, that makes it, that's very powerful. Yeah. That you, it's not just confessing with your mouth. That, yeah. You can do that without a gift yes, you can. of faith, can't you? You can, you can confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord.
without the believing in your heart. You're using the word gift in two different ways. Go on. Because, yep. as John said, all faith is a gift. And general faith, God gives, it's a gift because the word gives you. Faith mm. comes by hearing the word of God. Mm. But it still comes from, I can't kind of screw myself up into faith. No. All I can do is, is receive God's word mm. and God's word gives me that faith. Mm. And in the, in the general sense, that's a gift of God. Yeah. But when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, that's different. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's different right, of course, aspect of, of the word gift, of course. whereby it's not my general faith, it is special faith that God drops in my heart for a specific situation. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I, you know, that might give me the faith to do something extraordinary, yeah. but I can't replicate that next week. No. Because so, it was never my faith. So faith, by the way, is not the Apostles' Creed. We believe in God the Father. You know, everyone can say that. Yes. that that's confession, well, but it's not faith. It's confession. I mean, it's stuff that we believe. Yes, I know. No, it means everything to those that believe, but it can be just words. Yes, it can be. Yeah, sure. It can, it can be just intellectual yes. assent. Yes. Yes. Or just a repetition, mm. you know, yeah, as sure. it were, endless repetition. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But we can see how the gift of faith, as we've been talking yeah. about here, is still all wrapped up in this verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so, yes. you know, Daniel was able to withstand the lions exactly. because of the gift of faith. It exactly. fits, this fits exactly. completely. Yes, it's God in us, just yes. to pick yeah. up that yes. theme again, is he said, I have learnt the secret. It's like in, yeah. in the cult, you know, the secret. Yeah. yeah. I have learnt the secret of contentment. Yeah. And that secret is God in me. Mm. I can do all things through Christ who infuses me with strength from the inside. That enables me to do without or to function in abundance without it corrupting me. That, uh, the secret of that contentment is, is not so much having the right mental attitude, but actually being joined to Christ and His life yeah. Filling my soul so that I don't have this desperate need to be covetous. You know Wonderful. What I mean? Thank you very much. And uh, by the way, I think it helps folks watching. Sometimes you, you hear terms and, 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 and so we sort of dig into those terms and we learn. I think we I, I always learn. Yeah, we, def we definitely learn. We learn from each other. I mean, humility. I mean, it's a, it's a yeah. wonderful journey. And, and it's, if we just develop that, I yeah. think it's really interesting so that Christ in us... And again, related to this verse, mm. we can do all things through Christ, through strength. <coughs> it's not a case of Christ hitching a ride with us. You know, you become saved, so you think, oh, yeah. I'll just hitch a ride with this new believer. Not a bit. In their life. We're, hitching a, we're hitching a ride with mm. him. Yes. It's his life, that's which it. Paul tells us. It's his mm. life. And we now travel with him. And that's why we can trust him. Yeah. Mm. And we might, you know, in the natural be confused or a little bit anxious, because we haven't yet dealt with that. Um, with what's in front of us. But no, this is Christ's life. We're standing here in his shoes mm. um, and we can just re relax in an mm. ideal situation, yes. relax and trust him in it. Yeah. Mm. That's what he wants us to yes. do. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. I've got a few choruses ringing through my mind now, <laughs> but I won't, I won't distract further from our passage. Just, uh, I just wanted to ground us. Keep on the same theme and take us to Proverbs 21.1. I'm sure you're familiar with this, but I'll maybe give a little different angle on this verse. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Um, 
Now, let me just to give a different uh, phrase. The king's heart. You see, God wants us to reign in life. Mm. And if we are to be a king, the key is that we put our heart in the hand of the Lord. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or that we allow the hand of the Lord to fill our heart. The hand of the Lord is the Holy Spirit. Mm. So the Holy Spirit's in, in us, mm. but we, we have to, our heart yeah. needs to, um, we need to allow his hand to fill our heart. Yeah. And um, I'm thinking yeah, again exactly. of the glove, the, glove. the hand in the glove, Absolutely. you see, because our soul by itself is not made, does not have much internal strength. That's mm. why there's a lot of mental, people have a lot of mental issues mm. because the soul is, is not designed to handle the stresses of life. And when we, when really, we don't have really the hand important. of the Lord in our soul, right, it's this floppy, weak Inadequate, thing. And when you start putting weights and things on it, 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 crushed. it, it, it's, it yeah. isn't designed. And that's anxiety. It says, don't have no anxiety about anything. Because what you're doing with prayer and supplication, you're inviting the Lord to fill yeah. the soul. Yeah. And, and once the hand of the Lord is in our soul, we, we don't, we're not so good, good at it because something in us resists that because now we're not the ones in control. Yeah. The Lord now is in control, but with his power in our soul, we can do all things. It's wonderful. Through Christ who strengthens us. It's a wonderful us. But see analogy. it in this verse. The yes. king's heart's in Beautiful. the hand of the Lord. So if you want to be a king, if you want to reign in life, yeah. you've got to get your heart in his hand or yeah. allow his hand into your heart. And th this the is interesting now. This is very good. Like yeah. the rivers of living water, yes. that word "like" is in italics. Yeah, yeah, because it's not there. Yeah, it actually is defining what the hand of the Lord is. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, rivers of water. The hand of the yes. Lord manifests in our heart yeah. as rivers of living water. Yes. So as we get our heart into His hand, His hand is actually those rivers of living water, like yeah. Jesus said. Come to me and drink, and out of your heart will flow rivers mm. of living water. Mm. He turns it wherever he wishes. In other words, once we allow the hand of the Lord into our heart, which is the Holy Spirit, the rivers of living water, then he can turn our heart in the way he wants us to go. So as we allow him to fill us, he, that hand of the Lord will direct our life. And we have to yield control. That, the reason we, we, we have to learn to do this, because there's something in us resists, because we want it's, to it's keep the control. It's completely a heart issue. You know? No, it's a beautiful, so beautiful Surrender analogy. our heart to the Lord and surrender the leadership to him. Yeah. Then his hand will fill us yeah. like rivers of living water, and he will direct our paths. Wonderful. Where he wants us to I, I grew up with, you know, there are different terms uh, to... <laughs> Being a Christian, one was, I remember my dear friend John Alderson saying, do you love the Lord? That was one. The other is, are you born again, brother? Mm. But, but the other one that I remember growing up, have you given your heart to the Lord? Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know when these programs are broadcast exactly, but uh, so I hesitate to use a Christmas carol, but what can I give him, poor that I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what I can, I give him, give my heart. And I, I, I've never connected it to this yeah. 
wonderful verse. Mm. And the follow-on is also uh, the first two of, of that um, chapter. I don't want to read it in my wrong oh, version, yes. but it's quite nice as well. If Every you way that. of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. Yeah, it's just a game. You You've got this glove. A glove without the, pre without the hand in it doesn't weigh very much. No. Yep. And that speaks, the weight speaks of the glory. Yeah. You know, the Hebrew word yes, for, eternal for, weight for glory God. is weight. Yes. There's no substance. So without the presence of God in our heart, there's very it's little empty. substance to our thoughts yeah. or to what we do. Yeah. It's the presence of God in us yeah. that gives meaning, that yeah. gives value, yeah. that gives substance to yeah. everything we think and everything we do. And in Hebrews 4, the Lord weighs the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Yeah. Judges, weighs, you know, that's the judge with the, with the balance, exactly. weighs in the balance. Um, yeah, it's all about the heart, isn't it? What you get your heart can, sorted out, as uh, it were. What can we give Heart God, surgery. You know, what can we give God that he doesn't have already? Yeah, our hearts. Our heart. It also solves a riddle for me, because it always bothered me, in Isaiah 55. And it solved your covetousness. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a journey. <laughs> no, but only from what you said last week, which yeah. is very profound. But anyway, it's solved. Just tell us what the riddle was. Well, he says, come, have Isaiah 53, all the, yeah. everything's paid for by the atonement yeah. of Christ. Yeah. The blessings are ours. But how do we experientially yeah. enter into it? Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. All you have no money, come by and eat. So he says, it's, there's, you don't, there's no money to pay. You, you can't earn or deserve the blessings of God, but it still says, buy, mm. Mm. buy it and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. So yeah. you see the paradox. Yeah. On the one hand, it's free, mm. but somehow you buy it. But what do you give? I, I believe yeah. the answer is you give your heart. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're not paying for it, but you're surrendering your heart so that he can fill your heart yeah. with his blessing. So to receive the blessing, you have to give your heart. Can I pick up on something you said last week? Um, and I, I thought about it and I thought it was, it was very humble, you know, as it were, to say that you, you felt covetous for, for, you know, new revelations, let's say. Mm. But I, the Lord said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, mm. for they should be filled. I don't think it is covetousness to hunger and thirst after no. righteousness. No. But, but if it is in a pharisaical way, yeah, I want to clock up you know, another tome of knowledge um, that puffs up, then that is not it's a good It's hard to approach. explain to the script. difference. There is a okay. difference. Because we, I was trying to make you feel a little first. bit better about yeah. you oh, know, your, your desire, to, a de a desire to mine the scriptures. It's it, not a bad thing. It depends on the motivation. Yeah, so no, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. A key verse for me, um, which I constantly... Because this is an ongoing problem, yeah. but I'm gradually yeah. learning. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, if you are seeking understanding, right? This this is covetousness. Mm. Now, if you are seeking understanding and knowledge, all mm. these things that are good, mm. but if you are seeking that, so that you have a foundation within yourself, within your own soul so that you can operate independently from God, exactly. 
then the motivation is wrong, and, and that is covetousness for knowledge so that I can be independent from God. Great. Yeah. Rather well, that's cleared that one up as well. Yeah. So, you know, this is my sort of personal sort of tu tutorial here. And there's well, a few people watching this online. Is, but, this um, is quite subtle. No, it's important. Because it's very important. There is a difference between... Um, it's the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Knowledge puffs up. Yeah. So in a sense, if I'm seeking knowledge so that I can, to build up my pride, so I can operate mm. independently from God, mm. then that is a negative. Yeah. But if I am seeking uh, knowledge so that I can trust God more, yeah. uh, then that's different. Okay, John, over to you. The, prob <laughs> the problem with this is that we get so absorbed, don't we, in, in the thoughts that um, we forget that um, we've got to say something now. <laughs> yeah, we have. It's such a shame to interrupt these no, thoughts as they're being expounded. It's, it's, it's just wonderful. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, one keeps coming back to the point. There's only one way through this, and that's you have to trust God that's right. completely. Yeah. Yeah. Your whole heart. Whole heart, with all whole your heart. heart. Absolutely, your whole heart. And, and that's so difficult for us because we are independent creatures. The flesh is a really mm. independent mm. creature. Mm. And, uh, and yet, so... so I sometimes try and you know think what was it like for Adam and Eve in the garden because they did have independence. They they did have independence, so independent in fact that they could go and be deceived by by the devil over yeah. the over the fruit of the tree. Yeah. So it, it, we really what I'm leading on to say we we actually have nothing to fear. Yeah. We don't lose our independence if we look at Adam and Eve. Um, they had independence. So it must be something so much better mm. than what we think independence is. Which is exactly. It sounds No, Irish. no, it's absolutely it's, right. No offence to Irish people. I, I talk about if any Irish people watching. No. Um, but it does sound a bit Irish, what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but, I, I, you know, to... to, to or Scottish. You can say that because oh. you're Campbell. Yes, I can. <laughs> I've, got, I've got, probably got more Irish blood in me than I have Scottish blood. Mm. Um, but the, the, by giving up our independence, mm. we don't become... Mm automatons we don't become robots and we have nothing to fear in fact we become much more independent in a sense yeah. but independent and free That's to right, operate free as to led operate, by the yeah. lord two words awesome. right independence and individuality yeah right so the more we give up our independence from god it you know our yeah. independence the more we in discover our individuality. Yeah, I like that. See what I mean? yeah, I so if you think of the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are totally dependent on each other, mm. Yes. but they are totally, they have individuality. They, are, right. yeah. they have their own thing. So the deception, I think the devil, or what we fear is, if I surrender to God, my independence, yeah. somehow I'll lose myself. That's right. But actually Jesus said, if you let go of yourself, if you deny yourself, yeah. you will actually discover the real yeah. you. Yeah. Because you were made Absolutely. to be this person Absolutely. who God made to, to be filled with God's glory and to express yeah. God's glory. If you actually hold on to your independence, you lose his glory and you lose your individuality. You lose what you're meant to be. And what you think is freedom is bondage. That's right. Yeah, exactly. As Bob Dylan said, you've got to serve somebody. And it may be the devil or it may be the Lord. And so the people who think, oh, no, I'm not going to, I've got to, like in Psalm 2, I've got to be released from the shackles. You know, the kings of the earth gather you know, against the Lord and his anointed. 
and they want to be released from the shackles, but actually they're coming under the bondage of Satan. That's basically what, what is happening. And those who are under the bondage of sin, they, they uh, exchange the freedom of, of God's gifts in the garden yes. for the bondage of sin. In fact, coming back to Adam, to look yeah. at Adam... Eventually yeah. we'll come back to this a, passage. It, it, I realise yes. it's, re it's a really good way of trying yeah. to understand what we're doing. I think what Adam had, I mean, apart from the fact he was filled with knowledge, um, and probably, apart from the Lord, the most intelligent man that's ever lived, mm. because it was downhill right. afterwards, mm. you know, that he, he had such power and authority. He named all the animals. Mm. Yeah. He named all the animals. He, 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 he dominated yeah. the earth, God's creation. So... There's no question of losing anything, is there? When you, if you mm. step back into that, it's win-win all the way. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. It's just the flesh gets it's in the fullness. way and makes it It's different. fulfillment, it's it, fullness. Total fulfillment. Yeah. And, so and here we are. responsibility and, oh, marvellous. Okay, so we, um, we're somewhere in between verse 13 and verse 14. Right, verse right. 13 in, in our Bible study. So we can head, bravely head into verse 14. Shall we do that? Shall we do that? Shall we go <coughs> out of the... Now he's talking about the gift um, yes. that they have sent through Epaphroditus. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he is thanking them, obviously. Mm. And he's saying, nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. And, and that word share is the word, like from the word partnership mm. or fellowship. Yeah. You, you've partnered in my distress. You, you have, um, they are partners with Paul. Um, and so they are going to share in his troubles, but they will also share in his victories and his rewards mm. as well. Mm. Mm. Um, so he's, he's thanking them, obviously. And it's then quite he's something, isn't it, to, to sharing in his troubles. So by, they're not just sort of throwing a gift at him, as it were. They're, they're, there's, that partnership is deeper. Mm. Yeah, yeah, much you know, deeper, recognising uh, his, his suffering or his tribulation. Yeah. Um, and they're acknowledging that and, and in, in a sense, depriving themselves. Uh, depriving is not yeah. the right word. In order to help him in his situation. So they're both now suffering. They're yeah. suffering you know, on one hand because they're giving up something they have in order to help him yeah. who needs something that they yeah. have. But, of course, there's no... It's, it's that, that's the way it is, and there's huge blessing in that. It was sacrificial giving. Sacrificial, that's so the word I was asking. In 2 Corinthians 8, yeah. um, he talks about, you know, the fact they weren't that well off. I mean, he says, Moreover, brethren, verse 1, I make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Now, yes. Philippi was the key church yeah. in Macedonia. That's right. That, that in a great trial of affliction and abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. Mm. So that again is the Philippian church. They were giving sacrificially mm. to Paul. So I suppose part of them sharing in Paul's di um, distress is that they were having to do without. Yeah. So that Paul could, yeah. you know, so have something for himself. So they were... They, they were suffering with Paul. Yeah. Um, they were, that's a real friend, isn't it? That yeah. um, will we'll share the burden, as it yeah. were. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good, you, as we're getting to the end of Philippians, to remember how we started, you know, in term, talking about Philippi in, in Macedonia and how, how Paul, you know, the, the Macedonian call, so to speak, 
it, you know, this is the fruit of all of that, you know, the Lord directing him in that direction. Um, and, you know, we're getting now to the end of Philippians and uh, he's talking about setting out from Macedonia, when I set out. And that was in, the, I think, the second missionary journey. Yeah. It's Acts 16, when yeah. he, Paul was called to Europe for the first time, yeah. uh, which is northern Greece, Macedonia. That's right. And of course he goes, he plants the church in Philippi and then more than all the other churches as he went down to say Thessalonica next, uh, they, they immediately started supporting Paul, which was not the normal thing for these churches. Yeah. And, he, and he says that no, sorry, uh, verse 15, uh, in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from that Macedonia, no church shared or partnered with me, mm. again, that's mm. the same word, partnered mm. with me, concerning giving and receiving, but you only. It's, all, it's like they were the only church that had a revelation of partnership, which is giving and receiving. You know, not just, so in other words, primarily they were giving financially, yeah. but they were also receiving. Mm. I think the, 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 the blessing from Paul's ministry, the reward mm. maybe of Paul's, what Paul's, they had a share in Paul's fruit. Mm. And so they, they understood this principle of giving and receiving, yeah. of partnership. I just thought of, you know, the fact that the Lord was directing Paul's journeying and ju directed him to Macedonia reminds me of where the Lord Jesus was directed to Samaria. He said, now he, he had to go through Samaria. Mm. And when you look on the map, he didn't have to go through Samaria, right. but he went through Samaria to meet the woman at the well. And the woman at the well, um, you know, the Lord needed a drink. Um, but, um, uh, but then he said, he, or was it the other way around? And he then, because I know how I can jumble up my Bible stories, but um, then he talks about the water that I give. Mm. Yes. You know, um, it's, there's a similarity here, you see. That they had, the, uh, Paul, as it were, had given them water, and then they were giving him water. So God has a plan. Sometimes you think, why, why Macedonia? You know, he could have gone round... Another way, couldn't he have got to Europe another way? There were other, other sea routes, but God directed him to go there because God probably knew in his foreknowledge that the, this little group up in the sticks of Macedonia mm. would be sustaining Paul yeah. in they the years to come. With Paul. Yeah. And they Isn't supported Paul. And they... God sees the beginning, the end from the beginning. And when you partner, then you are, in a way, when Paul preached, they were preaching. Yeah. They, they were joining forces with Paul, yeah, yeah. and um, Paul acknowledged that. He felt their strength, he felt yeah. their prayers. Obviously, they partnered yeah. in prayer and, and financially. And of course, this is what people do with missionaries. Mm. Missionaries go, but, um, and we, sometimes we stay by the stuff. But in, in that story of David, you know, the, the reward went equally yeah. to the ones who went and the others who stayed by the stuff. Mm because they were, you know, you support the missionary, you, you pray for the missionary, you're partnering with that missionary. And the Philippians were the, were the only church, really, that got that revelation of that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it meant a lot to Paul. He acknowledged yeah. that, that partnership. Yeah. No church partnered with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. But that's the thing to be encouraged by. It isn't just you giving to the missionary or to the ministry. You are receiving. Mm. 
mm. uh, the, the God's blessing, God's reward yeah. for, that, for that work. And that's again the picture of the Sea of Galilee that is, is having water in and water out. So you, you know, you are receiving and uh, of the Holy Spirit you're giving out. Um, uh, you're not, we're not to have the gifts. I know you're preaching a, a series on this. You, it's, it, the gifts are not just to be, stagnate within you. They are to actually um, be given out. And that's why and Paul used. said that to move into the gifts, <clears throat> the number one key is love. And that's the whole reason yeah. he put chapter 13, 1 Corinthians 13, in the middle of the whole discussion of gifts. Because yeah. he says, if you follow after love yeah. and covet the gifts, yeah. But if you, if you set yourself to, to be a blessing, yeah. then you are making yourself available to God as a channel, mm. and then the gifts can flow through yeah. you yeah. more easily. But, um, and I like this idea of giving and receiving. You see, that's the very nature of fellowship. See, some people are very good at giving, but they're not very good at receiving. You try and give them something, yeah. oh, it's, uh, you, know, know. Uh, you know, and other people are very good at, more people, <laughs> are very good at receiving, but not yeah, very good fine. at giving. Yeah. But love is giving, faith is receiving. Very good. See, very good. so it's, it's a yeah. dynamic of faith and love, but we're meant to be good at giving and good at receiving. Mm. Wonderful. Yeah. So there we are. Um, he, uh, there's another one in, you know, in, in Psalm 1 that, you know, we're planted by streams of water. We're not just planted by water, you know, a little bit of water on the plants, as it were. Um, you know, we're trees of righteousness, but, you know, the, all of that tree, that stability, that power and, um, as it were, testimony of the grace of God is, is because we're planted by streams you know, of living water. Water I shall give, you know, you will never thirst again. Um, it's, it is, um, you, you know, that's where you reach the contentment because the Lord is going to provide. The cruise of oil is not going to run out. Mm. It is ongoing, receiving, giving, receiving, giving. Mm. It's a constant flow. Yeah. <laughs> of electricity. No, <laughs> you know, the thing is that there's, there's so many truths there. Uh, we um, <clears throat> uh, go, go on. Um. So in verse 16, he's, he just tells a bit of history, really. Yeah. He, he reminds them, even in Thessalonica. So that, he went on to Thessalonica after yeah. Philippi. You sent aid once and again for my yeah. necessity. So yeah. right from the beginning, they were planted as a church. They yeah. immediately started yeah. supporting Paul. Again and as, again as and again. You might say. Yeah, not one off. Again and again. And he was only in Thessalonica for a few weeks, I think. Um, and, and so they, they were supporting him. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. That's, that's an absolute classic, isn't it? Or the interest it, yes. that abounds to your yeah, account. It's, it's, and all the blessings that are there. I still can't get my head round why they were the only church. What happened to all the others in terms of I think, um, giving? I think that the others did give, but... They were the only ones that were really faithful and regular. That would be yeah. my guess. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe that none of the other churches ever gave anything to Paul. No, no, that's you know right. I mean? It just seems. I think they were the only ones engaged in this giving and receiving yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. Maybe. And that they must have had a revelation on it because mm. it's, you know, it's, it's contrary to human nature in many ways. And they understood it. Uh, who, who? It certainly is a really good fundraising verse, isn't it? <laughs> verse 17. <laughs> but if you notice, of all the letters 
of Paul, Philippians is the letter where he opens his heart the most on a personal level. Yeah, yeah. And that's because he's got a closer relationship with these Philippians because of this intimate yeah. partnership yeah. relationship yeah. that's going on. Come on, John. Well, no, I, whoops, I was yeah, just uh, thinking, uh, cross-referencing that yeah. uh, verse 17 yes. uh, to Proverbs 19, also verse 17. Okay, let's go to that. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, mm. and he will pay back yes. what, he, what, has, what he has given. Yes. Mm. yes. The Lord will repay. Mm. And the Lord said, whatever you have given to the least of me, these my brethren, you've given to me. Yes. That verse. Yeah. And whatever you haven't given, you, you haven't given to me. Yeah. And your account kind of reminds me of what Jesus said about you know build up your treasures in heaven. Yes. Yes. You, I think they, so. you have treasures on earth. You have a bank account on earth. Yeah. But you also have a more important bank account in heaven, as it were. That is true. Um, which is to do with your eternal. Mm. And sadly, and people reward. are more attracted to the um, you know building up the account on earth, aren't they? You know, if you're fundraising. And you say, you know, that, that your bank account's going to be filled. It tends to manipulate better than saying, I know because of the flesh, I'm not yeah. uh, uh, advocating it, than, than to say that... But yeah, you're right. And then, and if, if you've got a, a, a heart that's giving and generous, and I'm talking collectively now of a church, yeah. and I'm thinking, if we go back to verse 10, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly... Yeah that now at last you, your care for me has flourished again. And what is this fruit? You know, we tend to think we give money, we get money, but not necessarily so. And I'm wondering if out of their giving heart, one of the fruit that is being produced is care. Mm. They're caring for Paul. Yeah. Um, and that is arising out of the fact that they're generous-hearted. Wonderful. It's not a response. The mm. generous heart is not a response to the care. I'm suggesting that the care is a fruit of their generous heart, yeah. as referred to in verse 17. So we are out of time. Are we? Oh dear. We are, which means that we have one more, um, one more week, I think, God willing, on um, Philippians chapter 4. And we'll do a summary overview of Philippians next week. But remember, God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory. I'm sure we'll cover that again next week. See you then.